Welcome back. You're listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. If you enjoy this content, be sure to give the video a like. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and leave a comment in the comment section below let us, letting us know your thoughts on the topic at hand, which today is going to be Sony's state of play and the recent news that Sony is going to start winding down their development teams at the Japan studio for internal development. And this is a really big news story, and we're going to get into that in the second half. But first, we're going to talk about the State of Play event. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. No Silent Hill, as you predicted. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. It's one of the predictions that did come true. And a few of the others were Deathloop, made an appearance at the State of Play, as well as Returnal, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and... Final Fantasy VII Remake is now officially coming to the PlayStation 5. And, you know, let's look. I'm going to go through the list of games that were present at the State of Play because, as we, as Sony mentioned, it was only going to be 10 games, and they were right on the nose. And the 10 games were Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Deathloop, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, Knockout City, Oddworld Soulstorm, Sifu, Solar Ash, Returnal, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade. Now, out of that lineup, is there anything that particularly stood out to you as the game of show? I think Final Fantasy VII Remake ended the show quite well. You predicted it um, on the prediction show um, yesterday, and it was not something that I I thought that we would see, but uh, you called it, and look, it was a very aesthetically pleasing upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version. They've obviously been doing some work and they've added some new content to the game, which is really cool if you're a fan of, of that game. I may double dip and take a look at the game again. It, it does, you know, it has piqued my interest, but I will say the game of the show was probably Returnal for me. We did want to see more of that game, and we, we, we saw quite a bit of that game, and I liked it. Do I like it enough to spend $70 buying the game? I don't know yet, but I did like everything that I saw in in the trailer. Um, it's, it's definitely the most interesting game of the show. I will probably end up getting it, but I'm probably going to wait for a price drop. But um, that aside, mm-hmm. I think for me, Returnal was, was my pick. Yeah, Returnal was actually, it was a standout showcase for me because it's a game I've definitely been hesitant on. It's a game I continue to look at and say, I don't know if this is $70 worth, but the trailer that they showed today was really impressive. It had a nice bit of narrative to it. It let us know more about the main character. It showed a good clip of gameplay, how combat is going to be handled. It definitely has my interest, but like you, I'm just not sure if I'm willing to drop $70 on this particular title. And I love Housemark's previous projects. This one, I think it's going to be something I do wait on. Maybe I give it a rental from some service like Gamefly, Mm -hmm. or I wait to see how word of mouth spreads. If it's overly positive, it might be one of those cases I go into GameStop, I bring some trade-ins, bring that price down a little bit, and I pick it up for some you know late April, early May fun. Because, I mean, in all honesty, even after the showcase... Sony really doesn't have anything else dated between Returnal and Ratchet and Clank that has any of my interest. I mean, I'll probably pick up MLB The Show because I'm a big fan of baseball, but that's that's only about, what, 10 days before Returnal comes out. I kind of treat baseball games and sport games in general as their own entity. That's its own life form. Yeah, yeah. So Returnal definitely has me more curious now after this showing. I still need to see a little more. I'd love a demo just to get my hands on it so I can really form some of those on-hand impressions but yeah Returnal I think this was a really strong showcase for it I think one of the more impressive showings for me would be from Solar Ash Mm -hmm. Yep, this the world the color the speed and the platforming it really resonated with me and it doesn't have a release date yet they only slapped on 2021 but this is definitely a game that's going to be on my radar moving forward And I like how Sony did focus a lot on indie games in this particular presentation. And I know indies aren't really the cup of tea of the majority of people, especially when you look at Sony's 
audience and you think of state of play, when you show a variety of indies, it leads to a lot of disappointment because people watch these shows for those big wow moments, you know, God of War, Horizon, Forbidden West, those tier of games. But I really liked what Solar Ash had to show. And, you know, that continues to kind of bridge of spirits. That game, from a visual span standpoint, looks phenomenal. Yeah. I like Kenna. I think it, it showed well, but I do want to talk about the the date, but we'll jump into that here shortly. But as far as the mm-hmm. game goes, it was the only one that I predicted that would be there. Um, I, I, well, actually, I, did, I think I did say Returnal as well. Yes. So it was definitely something I did expect to see. We were kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with this game. I believe... Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you can definitely fill me in on this, but I believe the game was originally slated for March and then they kind of dropped a August date at the end, which really surprised me. Yeah, the release date was very surprising because this was a game that they were originally touting as maybe launch window or even launch release. And then as we got closer to the November launch, they announced that they had to delay the game and it would be Q1 for 2021 and that is typically january to march so up until today we were operating under the idea that this game was coming out in a month and all of a sudden during the state of play they slapped that release date on at the end of the trailer of august 24th yeah and i mean this is five months later than anyone was anyone was anticipating and i think this goes back to what we were discussing yesterday with the gran turismo 7 delay is that covid the ripples of COVID are now really beginning to crest to becoming waves and we're seeing significant delays. And when you see a game like Kenna get a five month, six month delay, you really have to be open to the idea that titles like God of War, Ragnarok horizon forbidden West, they may also fall victim to a major delay into 2022. But you know, we don't know the state of those games, but the fact that Kenna went from launch game to Q1 to now late August, it definitely has to have you a little bit concerned as to the state of any game from any company that was announced in summer of 2020 because we're seeing a lot of these delays get announced. It feels like a big a, a big delay is almost announced each week. And it's definitely making that 2021 lineup a little more barren than anyone was you know, anticipating, especially Sony. As we said yesterday, First half of 2021 originally was looking stacked for Sony. Mm-hmm. And little by little, games are being picked out of it. And we're now looking at, you know, from right now, from recording, we have MLB The Show to look forward to, yeah. Returnal, Deathloop, and then Ratchet and & Clank. And, you know, it's not a weak lineup by any means. But I would say the only big gun there is really Ratchet and & Clank. And that was, a, that was a title that was very clearly missing from today's state of play and i would imagine that was a marketing decision of just we don't need to highlight the game right now we just gave you the release date we will highlight this game a little closer to launch but i think having a game of that magnitude definitely would have elevated the show and at least shown hey yeah we have a significant delay to one of our more anticipated releases but don't worry we still have another major release coming with early summer with ratchet and clank right after returnal just to generate a little more buzz because I mean, outside of final fantasy seven remake, which is coming in June, I'd say Kenna, solar ash and returnal, maybe Sifu are the only ones really generating any type of buzz. Yes. Yeah. Well, just to, just to kind of respond to what you said about, about Kenna. Yeah. A five plus month delay. That is significant. And that is, you know, it's not something that, that they're right at the end of development and they need to, you know, there was a delay during certification. This is, this is a significant delay. Now, whether it's, they need more time to complete the main game or, or it's more of a QA thing where, you know, they're having issues, you know, getting the quality of the game up to a level that it needs to be at. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's definitely a significant thing. And yes, I, I, uh, I was very surprised at that announcement and look, the absence of some games today was was quite apparent to me. You know, I did expect to see more of Horizon at the show, and we didn't see anything of uh, of that. Obviously, 
which tells me that there's no guarantee that Horizon is a 2021 release. I mean, it could be, you know, that they may be lining up for a another state of play, um, you know, next month where they show, I'll say, some of the bigger releases, you know, but it doesn't feel like they will. I mean, to me, it feels like that Horizon is a game that may slip to next year based on everything that that's happened so far. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it even further, Nate. And this may be, uh, this may be the hill for me, but I'm not even sure that Ratchet is going to come out when, um, when it's supposed to, it, it may get another delay. Like I, I have, I have very little confidence right now that, that not just Sony, not just Sony. I want to be clear on that. But, um, you know, we are talking about state of play. We're talking about Sony in this episode that dates can be locked down and and adhered to. You know, it's very difficult right now. Now, I'm not suggesting that Ratchet's going to get delayed like a year or something, but don't be surprised if it gets pushed again, you know, maybe towards um, August, September time frame. It's, It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. I, mean, I I hope that doesn't happen. Ratchet and Clank to me is it is the PlayStation Five game for me. That's yeah. the title I've been waiting for since last summer. That was the game I was going to pick up a PlayStation Five for, and I mean it's really the game I'm just waiting to experience. So I hope it doesn't see a delay. But I definitely get your reasoning as to why we should be open to the idea of you know potentially Insomniac coming out in a month and saying, "Hey, we had to delay this game until late July because of." this 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 and this as an issue and even with returnal we've seen it a lot since that initial delay it's not coming out till the end of april even that could once again experience a delay of a month yeah because as you said no release is safe right now the lot check systems are still they're better than they were at the beginning of the pandemic but they're not at full capacity right for some of these companies and that does create delay in terms of you know when a game can go go gold when a game is going to be pressed for release and you know there's just numerous factors and variables at play and i think that is one reason we saw so many titles in the state of play lack a specific release date exactly right and just to go back to ratchet for a sec i would have expected to see ratchet at the show like yesterday we talked about this show has to be business orient this is, has to be a very business-like show from sony it's almost like they're not gearing it towards people like us they're, they're, they're making the state of play for investors and and people that have a stake in in the company or in the or in you know in these third parties right i would have expected to see sony basically try to sell us on why why you must you must own a PlayStation 5 this year. We are going to fix the hardware problem. We, we are going to get better. And they didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't give us a reason to say, oh, yes, I need a PlayStation 5. Like I don't have one because, you know, the shortages and everything. But now is the time where I have to, I have to you know, figure out how to get my hands on one. And unfortunately, at the end of the show, I don't feel like they they came anywhere close to doing that. Now, if they had Ratchet at the show and they showed us a, I'll say, five-minute um, story trailer of, of the story of the game or maybe just some more of that game, th- I think that would have been enough to say, yes, you know, we are on deck for um, for Ratchet coming out in June and everything, even though it's been it's going to be a tough year for them, hey, we've still got Ratchet on, on the cards. But we didn't see that. And look... I've heard people, I, I was on Twitter, you know, after the state of play and, and some people, t- you know, mentioned to me that, well, maybe it's because they've already showed you what they have. They don't need to show you more of Ratchet. I disagree with that. I think they, they absolutely have to show us more of Ratchet. I think, like I said, Sony does have to let us know why Sony PlayStation 5 is the best console that you must own. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't do that. And I think, you know, that's... That that makes me gives me some hesitation as to whether I think Ratchet will actually come out in June. And it's it's interesting that people say, well, they don't have to show it. We've seen so much of the game. We've seen Returnal, yes, a lot. They do a lot of developer diaries where they show new gameplay and you know such, especially even prior to the delay. So we're seeing that game 
fairly often. Ratchet and Clank, we've only seen at the summer showcase for PlayStation 5. And then again, when they announced the release date. And at the time, last summer, yeah, they gave us a nice, was about a five-minute serving of gameplay. And everyone saw that and said, wow, this game must be pretty far along if you're willing to show us that much gameplay. And you'd kind of expect Insomniac to be maybe be a little more aggressive mm-hmm. and give us a more meaty developer diary in terms of gameplay, some of the story elements. Because, you know, we're three months out from launch now, and we really don't know much about the narrative. We have the mysterious character, and you don't have to flesh all that out before launch. You need to leave some mystery for the player to uncover for themselves. But there's still a lot to learn about the, that particular title. And it did seem like today would have been a good a good moment to really show that big exclusive with Ratchet and Clank. So and I am 100% hoping there is no delay because I think that's really the game a lot of PlayStation 5 owners are currently just waiting on. Me too. And Returnal is that stopgap. Me too. And for the people listening, I don't want the game to be delayed. I just, I've got that, <laughs> that unsettling feeling about about the game. You know, it's its absence kind of was was very very apparent to me and i hope i'm wrong on this one i hope you're wrong too because <laughs> like i think if kenna was coming out in march or let's say even early april it would have been that nice you know stopgap type release of hey this was really fun i'm anticipating you know that build up to ratchet and clank and even if it got delayed it'd be like oh you know that's unfortunate but you know, i did just play this great indie game and you know, I'll talk about Kenna really quick. The game looks visually phenomenal. My one hesitation is the combat. Yeah. I'm not sold on the combat system just yet. Right. I, I agree with you. I think aesthetically it's a beautiful looking game. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of, it, it. for me, it reminds me of a lot of different games, but the one that keeps, I think I keep thinking about, believe it or not, is Fable. Like there's just something okay. about the way mm-hmm. Kenna looks. No, I'm not, I don't mean early Fable games, like maybe Fable three or maybe you know yeah probably fable three just the way that that world looks it's so alive with you know it's lush greens and 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 forests and and everything i got that that feeling about the game i mean it probably has nothing to do with fable at all in in terms of the way you know the game is but there's a lot that i like about kenna it's 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 just aesthetically beautiful and um i do think that the combat did make me feel a little like there should have been more to it but I mean, obviously, we'll we'll get our hands on it and, and we'll make our final decisions at that point. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, definitely. Um I mean out of the other games i mean crash bandicoot has been out now for a year if you've played crash bandicoot you know what you're getting they already announced that it was getting a 4k 60 frames per second patch on playstation 5 the state of play trailer was just reiterating that Mm -hmm. death loop the trailer was very james bondy the game still does not look appealing to me i know there's going to be a lot of people who are listening who say i'm really interested in death loop and i'm happy for you the marketing just has not clicked with me don't this may be a game don't you think it's uh, interesting that there were two games that were <laughs> roguelikes where you know your character dies yeah. and then you come back and and things are different mm-hmm. i mean the, those rogue style games seem to be the uh, well, they seem to be kind of the flavor of the week we're yeah. seeing a lot of those from those indie studios and I enjoy them when it's done very, very well. So you can look at a game like Hades and it does it masterfully. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of rogue that I enjoy. Deathloop, I am just it's just not resonating with me yet. And maybe it's gonna be a game I need to see some reviews for. I need to talk to friends if they pick it up, see 
their impressions and maybe I'll become curious enough to give it a rental just to see what the game's all about. But they have not sold me on this game with any of the marketing up to this point. Well, it said yesterday that Deathloop would be at the show and it would be the time where I would go and and step away and grab a drink because it was in the middle of the show. And I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I when they when they dropped that trailer, I was like, "Here we go. This is this is it." So, um, look, I I know I'm being harsh on Deathloop. It, there's some interesting things about it. Arcane Studios obviously do great work. I love the Dishonored games, so I'll I'll, I'll give it a look. I just I'm not sure about the roguelike, you know, mechanic in this game. And there's definitely that James Bond slash no one lives forever vibe about the game which hey I, I love no one lives forever so there are things i like about it i just there's just something about those trailers man that that just does not resonate with me at all it's you know it's like you're you know all these kind of right. acrobatics you know shooting guns in the air and and there's this like you know cool music playing and everything and it's just it's not really what I'm into when it comes to video games, but I'll I'll uh, I'll keep one eye on it and see how how it reviews and everything, and I might pick it up. But um, I'm not holding my breath on that game. And then we had Five Nights at Freddy's security breach. Oh, this... Now I've never played a Five Nights at Freddy's game. Wait, this was the Silent Hill announcement where the where the, uh, the announcer was yeah. like, and now for fans of scary horror games, we've got you covered yeah. with our next trailer. <laughs> And everyone's waiting for um, a pyramid head, you know, to to fade in, you know, from from the 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 uh, bellowing fog or something. And no, nope, nope. we got Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, like I, I've never played this franchise, so the trailer really didn't do anything for me. I'm not familiar with it. I know, I know the early games. You sit in well, like a security booth and you yeah. open doors and you shine light to catch the what is he a teddy bear who's going to murder you. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it myself, but I will say people, I was watching on Twitch and I had the chat, you know, on the side there, like reading the oh, chat dear. and people were actually calling calling for Five Night at Freddy's before the show started. So I don't know if some people knew what was going, what was going to come or they were just hoping that it was a thing, but some people called it before um, it actually got announced. I think we're just old. We're out of touch <laughs> with these new age games one thing about that trailer is you know look i know you know we can be critical about games sometimes um but i i do honestly look for the good in in every game that i i i see a trailer of or i look at and there was some really cool ray tracing going on i don't know if you caught that like when it was in in the mall and it was all dark um and he was walking around it there was some really nice looking ray tracing effects going on you could tell that they were you know, they were taking advantage of some of the PS5 hardware, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, visually the game did look appealing, but it's it's just one of those games I know I'll yeah. never play. And, you know, I know there is a large audience of people out there who do enjoy the Five Nights franchise, so they're probably really excited with that announcement. And, hey, I hope you enjoy the game when it comes out later this year. And then we had Knockout City. Now, we saw this at the Nintendo Direct. This was weird. And was this the we same trailer or was this a different trailer? Different trailer. It went right. a little more into detail of the game mechanics. This time it introduced the sniping dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And the game still just... I, I They dated the beta. They said the beta is going to come out in April. I will try the cross-platform beta. I will see how it performs, how it plays, if it's fun. But right now it's just a game that I could see myself playing it for the beta, saying, okay, that was pretty neat. This isn't a game I'm dropping $20 on because the second the online community disbands, yeah. you're left with a shell. This is one of those games that we talked about after the Nintendo Direct, but my my I think my comment still stands, and that is it's going to need all the help it can get. They're going to, um, you know, give give some money out to streamers and, and try to promote this game on places like Twitch and, and YouTube gaming and stuff, and... Hopefully it gets some traction for them and it does well, but the odds are very much stacked against this game, in my opinion. Then we had Oddworld Soulstorm. This game I feel like we see every other week. <laughs> we, we really do, <laughs> don't we? Like They love marketing this. I guess the big announcement is that it's going to be April's PlayStation Plus game. Yep. And 
it seems like quite a few Oddworld games end up on PlayStation Plus. So this seems to be a marketing deal that Sony loves to approach yeah. the Oddworld developers with. And, you know, I'll check it out on PlayStation Plus. This trailer was just one of those cases of, I've seen you numerous times now. I'll just play you. I really don't need to watch you again. I like the Oddworld games, but l- honestly, this could have been a Twitter drop, this announcement. It didn't need to be a part of the show. Ooh, harsh. Um, then we had Sifu. This is from the developers Slow Claps. They made Absolver, mm-hmm. which is a very, very good game. And, you know, I'm intrigued by Sifu. I'm not sure if the trailer sold it as well as they may have been hoping but I am definitely interested in the idea of having Kung Fu battles with a large group of people in hallways and other environments, because if the fighting mechanics are solid, I could see this really being a fun beat em up style game, but the trailer just didn't really sell that aspect probably as well as they had hoped. So this is going to be a game that as it gets closer to release and they release new trailers and new mark and, you know, new marketing material that I'll keep my eye on. I just, it wasn't the best first showing. Yeah, I agree. It It's an interesting game, and I want to see more of it. I thought the fighting mechanics looked kind of cool. There was a, a moment there where I was like, well, this is just Yakuza, right? Like the combat, you know, when you're fighting fighting enemies in Yakuza like a dragon. Uh, not like a dragon, it's RPG, but just the Yakuza games. <laughs> so how is this right. different? But you can tell that there's a very deep fighting game mechanic in there as well as you're fighting these enemies and it's obviously environmental as well so yeah there's there's some really cool things about this game but i also want to see more of it before i you know agree that i'm gonna check it out i guess yeah i need to wait for a lot more information and a lot more marketing material to become available before i can really accurately gauge exactly my interest levels in the product right now my curiosity has peaked but i'm yep. not super hyped to the point of i need to play it and that's going to bring us to the game that concluded the showcase which was final fantasy 7 remake intergrade now this announcement they actually did in two parts they first showed intergrade which is a new episode Mm -hmm. starring yuffie the ever clever and charismatic thief from final fantasy 7 and she has her own chapter where we where it places in final fantasy 7 remake itself we're not too sure but it seems like it right like that's that's kind of what i got the impression of but it looks it looks fun she looks like a fun character to play as yeah, it looked really cool. I um I like what I saw, and I, w- I definitely would like to check out that, that new content for the game. Now you can, but it is exclusive to PlayStation 5. PlayStation 4 owners of Final Fantasy VII Remake will not be able to play Integrate. Yes. How do you feel about that? I, I feel okay with that. I think, um, you know, Square is has made the... I guess this is the message that, look, we're probably going to start moving away from PS4 and we're going to start becoming exclusively PlayStation 5 developers and this is how it all starts. So I, I'm, I'm okay with, with that decision. It's, it's interesting because I also feel like it's, it's good marketing and it's good, it's good business for them as well if you think about it because... Everyone that has played and owned Final Fantasy VII Remake has done so on the PlayStation 4. So what would you charge for that particular, we'll call it DLC, right, um, add-on to the game on the PS4? Like, what do you think would be a reasonable price, like 20 bucks for uh, that add-on? Yeah, i charge 20 bucks because I believe... If I take my PlayStation 4 copy of Final Fantasy VII and I put it in my PlayStation 5 this June when this becomes available and I get the free upgrade, mm-hmm. I can buy the Yuffie content as a separate piece. Do so we- I don't have to go out and spend $70 to rebuy a Final Fantasy VII remake just to get that episode. How much I is, think it's 20 bucks. Have they, have they priced it at 20 uh, I looked at the press release and there was no specific mention of pricing, yeah. but I had seen some mention on Twitter that it was confirmed for 20 Okay, I haven't seen that for myself, but... $20 makes sense. 
Look, I mean, I think ultimately this is Square's way to get people on on next gen. You know, yeah. um, this has to happen eventually. And ultimately, I think they're making the right decision here. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts about this too. Because, I mean, you know, there, there are people out there that, that either can't afford a PlayStation 5, they can't mm-hmm. get a PlayStation 5, um, or they don't want to get a PlayStation 5 because they're happy with their PS4. And, you know, there is probably some subse- some subsection of that audience that also loves Final Fantasy VII Remake and wants to play this, this add-on, and they may not be able to. So do you think that Square is, is thinking about those things or, you know, what, what are your opinions on this? Um, you know, it's tough because, as you mentioned, there's such a limited amount of supply of PlayStation 5s out there that you would think it's in Square's best interest to have this new content be available to as many users as possible. And the majority of these users will be on PlayStation 4. But you also want to have that incentive to have people buy this game a second time or maybe even a first time. Because I feel as though Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade mm. is going to be positioned as the release of you didn't buy a Final Fantasy VII Remake for whatever reason. Maybe you were waiting for it to come to PlayStation 5. Maybe, you know, you just never got around to it. So now you're going to buy the complete version. Yeah. And you're going to get this new content. And at the same time, it's going to be for those diehards who buy everything Final Fantasy related. Even if it's some minuscule amount of content, they're always going to reinvest into that ecosystem and buy a new game. But at the same time, I feel like you could have put this content on PlayStation 4 and probably had no adverse effects mm-hmm. because like we both bought Final Fantasy 7 remake a year ago. Yep. When it's available on PlayStation 5 this June, we're just popping our disc into our PlayStation 5 getting that free upgrade. Right. And if we want to play the Yuffie content, we can buy it for, you know, the $20, and if we don't want to experience it, we just don't make that decision. So I don't think it would have hurt them to bring it to PlayStation 4 as well, but if they want to market it as the reason for people to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, they have to probably communicate it a little better because it's still such a limited user base. Yes. So what's the sales potential here? Because I'm definitely not going to drop $70 to buy Integrade natively on PlayStation 5. There's no reason for me to. Do you think Sony may have had a hand in this? As far as, you know, because obviously Sony and Square have a very, very close relationship. Final Fantasy VII Remake had that timed exclusivity, which, I mean, I think that's finishing at, at here pretty soon. But do you yes. think maybe Sony, I'm not saying they offered them financial, you know, they gave them money. But do you think maybe Sony suggested, look, you should you should do this for PS5 exclusively and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll support you and we'll give you... Um, you know, we'll give you airtime at the state of play and we'll really promote the game on the on the PS5 store and all that stuff? Um, you know, it's tough to say because right now we're still operating under the idea that Final Fantasy VII is only on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Because the exclusive deal doesn't expire until, I believe, April 10th, they can't even announce plans of a, like a PC version until that date. So the UV content could also be in the pc version but they can't acknowledge that version yet. that's a good point i mean i I guess technically and tell me if i'm wrong but it could come to xbox right after a certain date yeah technically it could i'm not expecting final fantasy 7 remake to come to xbox in 2021 maybe 2022 would be the time but i expect it to come to pc this year and that's where the wording of this is very deliberate and for all we know the uv content what if it, it could come to PS4 after three months? Yeah. Like we don't know what type of background marketing deal is here, especially with the wording. That, that's a good point. I mean, we, we've so we've already been swindled by Jim Ryan and 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 you know <laughs> and this PS4 thing in the past. So there could be a PS4 <laughs> version of this content sitting out there that we're not familiar with that may get revealed at a later date. I do have to give Square Enix credit that Final Fantasy VII Remake with the free upgrade to playstation 5 with it brings your save data over yeah so if you didn't finish on playstation 4 you can finish on playstation 5 with all these upgrades in terms and its resolution ray tracing load times 
other quality of life effect, like fog, improved lighting. Yep. And, you know, that's, it looks like a substantial amount of work went into these enhancements. So I'm glad Square didn't do the typical Square thing of this is a standalone, standalone release. We're going to charge you 60 bucks for it because they easily could have made integrate its own SKU and done a Persona 5 to Persona 5 Royal situation yeah. and made us buy the enhanced version for full price. And, you know, there have been a lot of people who have done it. So I am appreciative that they are doing the free upgrade path. I agree. And I was a little nervous when they were showing that trailer. I was like, okay, <laughs> they, they're going to make us go to the back to the well again. And how much are they going to charge for this? You know, and, but no, the free upgrade is, is very welcome. Obviously they're in touch with, with the fans of the game and not only just the fans, I mean the, the landscape of, of video games in 2021. And, and that is, you know, obviously COVID has been, um, a major issue with with all sort all facets of video games and people's lives so offering offering a free upgrade is really cool I, I love that and look it's 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 a good game I, I enjoyed it a lot last year and I'll take another look at it I'll definitely play the the new content but I also am interested in seeing you know how how it plays on the ps5 because based on what we saw on the trailer I was I was pretty excited about it yeah, it looks really good based on that trailer footage. And so overall, what would you give the state of play? I'd probably give it a seven out of ten. I thought it was Ooh. I thought it was okay. And there was some omissions that I wanted to see that, that I, I I touched on. I did like Returnal, I liked what we saw of Kenna, I liked Final Fantasy remake Integrade that finished up the show. There are a couple of parts that were head scratches for me. Knockout City was something that I probably didn't need to show. Deathloop is a trailer that we've seen so many times before. Didn't really think too much of. Oddworld was, again, another another trailer that we've seen many times before. The, the Crash Bandicoot for It's About Time, the way that that started the show made me think, wow, this show may not be as, as hype as I thought it might be. And I was probably right. Look, seven out of 10, it wasn't bad, but it's state of play. You know, if you go back and look at the other state of plays that we've had, it's kind of on par with those. So I I wasn't disappointed. I know some people weren't happy about it, but look, I think, um, you know, th- th- there's only room for improvement after this one. Yeah, this I think this kind of fell into the same category as the last Nintendo Direct. It's been a while since the last state of play. This is the first one of the year. We know there's some big games coming this year. People want updates on those. We end up getting updates on a few games that probably didn't really need time in a state of play, like Crash Bandicoot or even Knockout City. Yeah. Probably didn't really need to be in this particular showcase. And, you know, that brings down the show's energy a bit. I mean, overall, I'd probably give it around a 6.5 to a 7. It was... It was an average show. Final Fantasy definitely, you know, by ending on a high, you elevate the show a bit. Kenna looks fantastic. Returnal is probably, this was the strongest showing the game has had so far. Solar Ash looks really good. It just didn't give me a lot of, you know, confidence for Sony's first half of 2021. Had you thrown in something like MLB The Show, Ratchet and Clank, and stuff like that, just to flesh it out a little more in terms of, offerings for the first half i would have walked away with a lot more confidence for sony especially in the first half and like we said there's a lot of games coming for sony this year there's nothing to be concerned with but this definitely wasn't their strongest marketing effort when it comes to you know marketing their games and when you think of sony marketing you think of e3 you think of how they hit every note perfectly and they get you hyped and excited and I just don't think they are at their strongest. So that's why I would come in like a 6.5 out of 10. A good showing, just not their best. Yep, I would agree with that. I mean, I could easily say 6.5, but I think 7 is is about where I think it would be at for this show. Now we're going to go into the second topic for this episode. And it's the big news that was public just before the State of Play aired. And it's that Sony is winding down original production of software at their Japan studios. And this is big news because Japan studio 
is a pivotal pillar to success of the PlayStation. When you think of the early days of PlayStation, any game that you played that made an impact on you likely came from Japan Studio. The This team was responsible for titles like Ape Escape, The Legend of Dragoon, Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, Siren, Loco Roco, Gravity Rush, Knack, Popo LaCroix, and so many others. And to see that they're winding down production because Sony is no longer focusing on that Japanese market is depressing. Yeah. This is a legitimately upsetting piece of information because Japan Studio, in essence, is PlayStation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I. Th- this was something that that it kind of broke a few hours before the state of play. And to be honest, it just made me feel a little sad, you know, and it, it kind of knocked the winds out of the state of play even before it had started for me. Just very, very disappointing, very sad news. The I guess the big thing here is is that Japan Studios just you know defined PlayStation. It, it is PlayStation, and it's one of those pillars of of the brand. And just to see that kind of vanish, you know, is very very hard to. It's really hard to even kind of comprehend. Really, you know, just the amount of of games that that defined you know what PlayStation is, and and now we're kind of definitely seeing that that shift you know towards western developed games you know i mean it's it's here you know that that japan is no longer really a part of sony's plans their vision anymore and Mm -hmm. that's that's the real sad part for me because you know sony was was always known for for japan studios and having those amazing games coming out from that studio since since the beginning you know literally 20 25 26 27 years since the playstation one and you know now is the time for some reason or another that that you know that that studio is no longer to be which is it's very unfortunate it is unfortunate because i mean when you think of those early playstation days you played games like arc the lad and even though japan studio wasn't the main developer they developed it. They were a co-developer of so many of these iconic PlayStation games. And to see them now essentially just being shut down. I mean, Parappa the Rapper. Yep. All of these games are iconic to the PlayStation brand. And to see them now shifting to this Western focus. And I'm in no way bashing titles like The Last of Us or Uncharted or God of War or any of these titles that the PlayStation is now recognized for or you know ghost of tsushima these are fantastic games but when i think of the playstation as i grew up i still think of those various games be it the ico the last guardian the shadow of the colossus those quirky artistic imaginative games that japan studio would put out i mean we also have to remember japan studio was a big contributor with FromSoft in the development of Bloodborne. Yes, that's right. Yep. You're removing a major, major asset from potentially future development part, you know, projects. And, you know, we don't know the full impacts of what this move will bring. It's just, it's really disappointing and really disheartening for any Sony fan to look at this and say, what's happening at Sony? And we know Jim Ryan's focus is to make Sony a more Western oriented company and i've seen people say well you know the writing was on the wall yeah the writing was on the wall especially for sony to shift out of japan due to their recent struggles of hardware sales and even software sales to a certain degree but if you're struggling in a region your default option shouldn't be well let's just quit no look into what's going on why is your software not selling in japan maybe it's because your marketing maybe your game simply wasn't as good as you thought it was. Maybe it pandered to them too much. But you can go out and you can create these unique games like Loco Roco and find that audience worldwide. Don't just focus on the Western audience because just you know, just because America and Europe is there for you today, it doesn't mean they're going to be there for you 
tomorrow. And it feels like Sony is putting all their chips on that Western market where they should be saying, let's look at our Japanese development partners and let's make software that has this worldwide appeal. Nintendo's able to do it. Capcom and Square Enix have been able to rediscover you know, certain projects to get worldwide appeal. Sony could have done this with Japan Studio. And it feels like Jim Ryan simply looked at it and said, you guys are profitable, but you're not making the type of money we want to see. It's better for us to shut you down and redistribute these you know, allocations to other studios. And yeah. to think that Sony's no longer going to be internally developing games like Gravity Rush is really disheartening. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. It's look, it, it's really interesting how how, you know, things shift, you know, how the sands kind of shift underneath your feet because this was this was something that Microsoft was dealing with like 5 years ago, right? Like you know, they were closing down studios. I'm not talking specifically about Japanese ones, but they were going through that motion, that period where they started closing down studios over in, in the UK um, and really losing a lot of first parties. And Sony needs to be careful that they don't get in that same situation, that they don't end up where Microsoft ended up because they, you know, they cut back on so much first party development and now they're rebuilding, which is great for them. But like the the other, I mean, we're talking about Japan Studios, but you know, Sony also have have um, let go or, or closed down studios over in in England and, and 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 like in some European countries as well. So I mean, I just hope that they're not going to go down that same path that Microsoft went down, where there was so much amazing talent. And, you know, their just razor-sharp focus now is on on the Western games, you know, and the Western studios. And I, I really do hope that, that that's not what this is, that this is not, you know, a, a start of something bigger for them. But, look, it really is an absolute shame that this has happened. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, I think you're right. Like... They they must have had had to find a way to make Japan Studios profitable. I mean, in business, you know, you give you give your teams the 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 whatever they need, you know, the resources to be successful. And look, maybe they were just giving them games that were never going to make them lots of money. Um, and you know, it goes back to you know huge budgets for AAA games and and things like that, but. I just feel like, you know, Japan Studio just deserved better. You know that they should they should not <laughs> have just been treated the, the way they are, and it's very unfortunate. And look, the writing was on the wall with this. This isn't this wasn't a huge surprise because if you remember, at the end of last year, there were some high profile departures from the company. Um, yes. I think I think um, a couple went to form their own studios, and look, we you know we may see some amazing games yet from from you know from japan uh albeit from third parties so it's not it's not you know the end of the world or anything but it's just it's just a legacy and and a massive part of playstation and i just feel like you know its soul has been ripped out from that brand and in in, you know in in japan studios you know um going down and it's it's really really sad like i don't really know what else to say it's just it's it's not good for the industry. It's it's very very scary for the industry to see how this will go after after this. Yeah, and that's the with the quotes of oh they weren't profitable enough. So you were profitable. It simply wasn't at the amount that Jim Ryan or Sony wanted you to be at. And I looked at their last four solo developed games, and these games were Knack One. Loco Roco Remastered, Knack 2, and Loco Roco 2 Remastered. Maybe they're not profitable when you're assigning them to two Loco Roco Remasters and Knack. Yeah. It's it's not a knock on those games either, but none of those games are going to sell 10 million copies worldwide. And this is also underselling the sheer amount of assistance that the studio gave other developers, be it Blue Point, 
clap hands, absolutely. Q games yeah. from software, Q Entertainment, dozens of other development studios, Japan Studio had aided assistance with for development. And to see this shift mm-hmm. of them saying, we're not going to make original games anymore. We're probably going to scale back in overall staff. So that means that assistance is also going to be you know, a little more limited. There's going to be a lot of ripple effect from this move. And, you know, we really don't know the full impact of this. It's going to take years to see. Yep. I, I just agree. don't see how this works out well for Sony long term. Yeah. I mean, your point about them assisting other studios is is a big one, too, because, yes, they, they've they've partnered and helped other studios with their projects. And that's that's a part of this that it's very hard to quantify or, you know, bring up numbers on as far as as far as as sales right like they help blue point with shadow of the colossus they help blue point with demon souls demon souls was a pretty successful game but we don't really think about japan studios when we think about the demon souls remake we think about blue point right so the other part of partnering with other um dev studios is they provided expertise on playstation hardware you know, a lot of companies um, may have some issues technically on, uh, you know, a part of the system that they're trying to figure out. And Japan studios have experts that, that know the hardware inside out. And I think, you know, losing that ability is, is crucial as well. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you need. You need that, you need that assistance. You need that guidance from, from a company like that to help you, you know, get familiar with the hardware or, or get, get through or solve a problem that you're having with with new hardware and that will all you know be, be be gone as well and you know look just very very unfortunate at the end of the day that that uh, we're talking about this it is and as you brought up with demon souls and blue point i mean japan studios gavin moore was the creative director for that project mm-hmm. so now if you strip away that access to guidance we really don't know how you know how development is going to be impacted moving forward. And he was a pivotal role in the development of Puppeteer, one of the best PlayStation 3 games that probably deserves a PS4 or PS5 remaster more than most games, and it will never happen. But like Puppeteer was one of the most imaginative games I had ever played. Yeah. Oh, and- it's it's one of my favorites. It's so good. And we may never see that type of product come from Sony again. I I I believe that. I mean, as as, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think we'll see another puppeteer game. I think I would jump on eBay right now if you don't own it and buy it because <laughs> you'll never see hear about that game again. Yeah, it's it's really it's really sad news to see a studio like this because, as we said, this was the soul of PlayStation for so many years. This is why Sony was able to get an edge in the industry. It's why they were able to get studios like Square Soft at the time to come over with Final Fantasy VII or Konami with Metal Gear Solid is because the street was paved by Japan Studio at Sony. And just to see them disregarded in this manner is its just really, really disappointing to see. Hopefully everyone who has worked there, because as you mentioned, a few of the big names have left the company in recent months and they have founded their own development house. So yeah. they are looking to move on and I hope they find success with their own projects. But the industry is losing a very iconic studio with this move. And I just, I really don't think this move is going to benefit Sony in the long run. I enjoy these Western style games as much as the next person. But I really like these imaginative games, too. I like their quirkiness. I like their originality. And when you start to focus just on that Western cinematic action-adventure movie-esque type experience, I begin to withdraw a bit from the industry because there's only so many of those you can consume in a single year. And that's why I look at a game like Ratchet & Clank with so much enthusiasm. It's colorful. It's lighthearted. It looks just pure delight i don't want to play games like god of war or the last of us 
or Uncharted all the time right. because they feel derivative of each other. Yeah. And you that's where Japan Studio came in with those unique ideas. Yep. This is not just uh, you know a, a Japan problem. I think this is a wider, wider problem where Microsoft was in this situation, you know, five, six years ago when they were mm-hmm. furloughing studios, closing studios down that weren't really producing anything or they were losing money. And look, at the end of the day, Sony is in that mindset right now. You know, if if your studio doesn't sell or make millions of dollars, then you're seen as a failure. And yeah, that's that's yeah, the bottom line. But quite honestly, Japan Studios, it's it's part of the fabric that makes Sony what it is. And that studio should be untouchable. It should be a, it should just be a part of PlayStation. You know, that it's it's yes. just a it's a cost center of PlayStation that should not be should not be messed with. And mm-hmm. it just really just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what part of the company that you work in or you know which which piece of it you know you can always be you know shut down um if you're not if you're not making money and yeah very very sad news yeah it's it's one thing that's interesting is that we know microsoft has ambitions to go into the japanese and asian markets and find developers and to make their brand stronger in these areas and on the flip side, Sony is withdrawing. Yep. So Microsoft is moving in and trying to make themselves stronger. And Sony saying, we don't need you anymore. It's like a zero-sum game, right? Because <laughs> like I said, man, five years ago, it was the reverse, you know? And, yep. and and now Microsoft's, you know, got the checkbook open and buying up all these studios. And Sony's looking closely at everyone. And, and you know, if they're above above the line they're safe but if they're not they're at risk of you know potentially not making it it's it's very unfortunate it is and definitely not a direction i like to see the industry move in and we can move into some Streamlab questions now we had a dollar donation from liam warner who writes if i were if i were microsoft i would have tried to get marketing rights to resident evil 8 even if it meant a lot of money because that's a very high profile release and Microsoft really could have used that marketing to make the Series X and Series S seem more valuable new game-wise. I'm sure Microsoft went to Capcom and expressed interest in getting some marketing rights for Resident Evil 8 because we've seen a large number of Capcom games come to Game Pass, so the two companies definitely communicate with each other. It's probably simply a case of Sony wrote the bigger check. Yep, I agree. Ben had a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes... The last major AAA release from Microsoft was Gears of War 5 in September 2019. Assuming Halo Infinite launches on time, is that the largest drought between AAA releases a major player has ever had? Do we not consider Flight Simulator as part of that? I mean, it's a, a serious question. A is, is, is Flight um, Simulator part of that? I mean, I would consider Flight Simulator a AAA game. I guess most probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't even consider it a game. And look, I can I can definitely understand that viewpoint. <laughs> but I mean, let, let's let's just say that Flight Simulator is not a game and it's not a part of the conversation. Then I okay. guess yeah, I mean, I guess it is Halo, and I guess it is the longest drought, right? I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be two years. Um... I mean, if there's any console that would probably come close to matching it, I would imagine it would probably be Nintendo from Wii U to Switch. Yeah. But my history recollection of Wii U games dating back to 2016 and 2015 is a bit hazy at the moment. Yeah. Um, It's probably the longest gap. And, you know, I mean, Microsoft Microsoft thought they were going to have Halo ready for 2020 and things didn't work out, but every month on the halo waypoint website they're putting out updates they put out a new update actually this week with brand new screenshots and i have to say they are taking advantage of every single minute that the delay has given them and they're making great strides in improving the lighting the visuals in every area of the game so i think the folks at 343 they're working tirelessly to make sure halo infinite is the halo that we deserve and i'm excited to see what the product has to offer us when it comes out later this year. Yep, I agree. I, I think Halo will will come out. I don't think it's in any danger of, of not making its date. 
this year feels a lot different than last year where we literally heard nothing from that camp other than high profile <laughs> departures <laughs> yeah i mean one of the big things was that 343 had said late last year we can play through the whole game it's been played through multiple times but we were looking at the visuals and we said you know we can improve this so it sounds like the core game is 100% complete and they're just looking at the tech and saying let's tidy all this up let's make it look better let's improve the lighting let's improve these textures so they don't really have to build in terms of story or gameplay itself it's let's just go through area of area improve where necessary so i think the game will come out on time this year and microsoft is going to position halo infinite in a really really powerful way essentially they're relaunching the xbox brand this holiday yep and that's the last Streamlab question for this episode. If you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in our description below. Donate any amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Always a pleasure. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give the video a like. Let us know your thoughts on Sony's state of play in the comments section. And let us know your thoughts about the impending closure of Japan Studio for Sony in the comment section as well. And some of your memories of the games that they helped develop or develop themselves in the comment section. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate. <laughs>